Welcome to Wake Up From Your Dream Job Podcast. I'm your host, Kristen McDonald. I took a 13-year tangent in my career, thinking that if I followed others' expectations of me and my job, I would be happy. Instead, I found joy and peace when I focused on the life I wanted and found a job that was an expression of my dreams, not a fulfillment of those dreams. Now it's your turn to dream bigger than just your job. I'll interview coaches, professionals, and people who have been where you are to give you tangible challenges to find fulfillment in and beyond your job. My guest today is Melissa Mel Trumbull, and we hit some deep ideas about dream jobs. We talk about creating boundaries in our energy at work, working on our mindset to find joy, and using imagination to help us become the person we want to be. Mel is a life-transforming force and the founder of ZFG Living, LLC. As a life coach, speaker, podcast host, and best-selling author, Mel's mission is empowering individuals to unleash their authentic joy. Drawing from her journey of overcoming abuse, traumas, and limiting beliefs, Mel shares insights and wisdom with humor, candor, and a deep understanding of what it takes to live life to the fullest. Through her life coaching programs, podcast, and the Big Book of Bad Ideas book series, Mel leads the way for people everywhere to heal their past, challenge their limiting beliefs, and create a life of joy and authenticity. Here's our interview. Oh my gosh, I am super excited to talk to you because I listened to one of your podcasts where I think, I can't remember if it was your podcast or you were a guest on somebody. And your energy was incredible. And I'm like, yes, I want to have you on my podcast. Aw, thank you. Yep, absolutely. You got to keep your energy up because holy moly, life will challenge us, right? Right. So I want to jump right in and ask, like, what is ZFG living? I'm so glad you asked, Kristen. (laughs) ZFG living is my company uh, and it's zero Fs given with the Fs being your resources And the key to, in my opinion, having a joyful life is not giving yourself away. Don't just squander your resources. You have to safeguard them. You've got to use them intentionally. You have to, dare I even say, use them for yourself. What? Uh, Especially for people who came up in abusive environments or if there was food scarcity or any of the things that just add that extra flavor to our subconscious scripts and force us to, they don't force us, but they guide us to just do everything for others. And so my whole point um, is teaching people how to have joyful lives through mindset work, through rewriting that subconscious script. And so that's the, uh, the zero Fs given. Use them. Don't just give. Mmm, very nice. So am I ever allowed to give? Hell yeah. Generosity, baby. That's the key to living. We've got to be able to give and share and all that good, wonderful stuff. It's just with an eye on this is a choice. I am doing this because I want to. I am, you know, using my resources, my time, my energy, my money, you, you know, all of the care, the attention, anything that you have that you're going to use in service of something, someone, another goal, but let it be intentional. I want to further this relationship. I want to, um, you know, get this book finished. I want to get my resume spruced up. I, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, 
understand why. Mm-hmm. And then that helps inspire us to do things better and, you know, more authentically. Yeah. So how does that relate to jobs? Oh, using your resources in the workplace? Absolutely. Um, This is a tricky thing because especially we Americans, we put so much emphasis on the workplace. (laughs) And that's where we socialize as adults. That's where we'll find our friendship. You know, whether you have, you know, your, your work wife, your work hubby, your work buddy, bestie, you know, whatever it is in your field. And, um, the fact of the matter is we are exchanging our intelligence, our training, our time if for money in the service of a company that is maybe you even know the owner of the company if you work at a small business, but it's it, there's not one person, right? It's not Jamal. It's you know, it's not Janica. It's like it, it's the ABC LLC or Inc. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so we can confuse ourselves that we're working for, you know, our manager or whomever. And that is borne out by the adage that people quit managers, not jobs. Right? Sure. But if we're socializing in the workplace and not keeping it intentional and keeping that layer of boundary around ourselves, it's been my experience. And from what I've researched that that's when a lot of, you know, really unhappy like disconnects can occur, burnout can happen because you're giving, 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 and take it from somebody who prepared taxes for two and a half decades. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it definitely applies in the workplace because you have to be able to say, you have to be able to say, I have some of myself left for my life. And if your life is taking a, a walk around the block and eating some ramen, then that's what your life is. And you have the right to make it the best that you can. You don't have to have 85 children or, you know, whatever the coworkers have that aren't, you know, you're picking up their slack because they have this and that. We all deserve to have enough hours in the day to get our work done and then have some energy left for a life. And so I think it's incredibly Uh, appropriate to discuss how we use our resources, especially when it comes to our attention and our, um, you know, our energy. Because if you finish every day feeling like a dried up husk, what is that bringing into your evening? Yeah. And then you really are giving without that intentionality. Exactly. Exactly. So it almost sounds like, and and correct me if I'm wrong, that the idea of a dream job doesn't necessarily have to do with the job, maybe somewhat. There's the manager involved, but it's also how where your boundaries are and what you're willing to bring and how mm-hmm. you show up to work. How and you- that's the yeah, that's the gorgeous, gorgeous thing about the younger generations. I'm a Gen Xer. I'm in my fifties, mm-hmm. and um, you know, younger people are saying like, yeah, hard pass. No, thank you. That's not how we're going to play this game. And it was a gorgeous thing for me to see enthusiastic young people at tax firms <laughs> looking at the grind and the, you know, haggard faces of us <laughs> veterans and going and getting other jobs. It actually allowed me to have the resources to go full in on coaching and writing and podcasting and speaking because you don't have to just use everything you've got just to earn money. 
that's not everything there is. We have Wait. to have some money. I know. I know. You, I Hang know. On. You gotta. You gotta say that again. We're gonna hit that top, that home. It's not worth it to do everything you can to further your career and your earning potential if you have nothing left to live with. You have to pay your bills. You have to, you know, be able to do the things that you want to do that you consider an, an integral part of your dream life. But the dream job fits into the dream life. The dream job is not the generator of the dream life. Dream job is not the generator of the dream life. Correct. Ooh, that's a big right? one. I know. We, we talk about dream jobs all the time. And what do you want to be doing? And what's your dream job? And we really stopped to take a thought about what's the life I want and how does that job fit into that life rather than the other way around? And I think that's critical. And that's mindset work. That's what I coach. And yeah. this is after me having a wreck of a life for decades and then discovering mindset work and having everything click into place so rapidly. Uh, I mean, stunningly what, rapidly. What was the catalyst then for that change? <laughs> How much time do we have, Chris? We've got some time. I can sit <laughs> it down if we need to. Or we'll make, or we'll make it a two-parter if it's a good Okay. Story. So um, I grew up in an abusive household, uh, second of nine kids. Um, I was uh, neurodivergent in an era where that wasn't a thing. So I would find myself climbing to get away from, you know, busy, loud uh, groups of people. And um, this didn't uh, endear me to my parents who started having kids at 20 and 21. They mm -hmm. got married at, uh, yeah, right? So like, write the script. It's not, it's not hard to connect the dots on where this was going. You know, the dad with the, you know, anger situation because his house is crawling with children and a wife <laughs> who, you know, is not exactly bringing in the do re me because she's covered with children. And, um, you know, and additionally, they brought their own dysfunction into it. My, my mother had a, a, a rich history of sexual abuse on her side. And so that was created in our household. And then I was taking a beating on the daily because I was the loudest, uh, most unruly one. And um, I always had kind of a toot, quite honestly. <laughs> the way I figured, it's like, if I'm going to get beaten with a belt every day, I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, okay. That, that, was, that was not a difficult uh, connection for me to make. So um, I was, you know, labeled the bad kid, the whatever. But I was crazy smart. So I was really good in school. But, like, I couldn't tie my shoelaces. I didn't learn to talk until late. Y you know, like, so there were just things because of the way I'm wired that just didn't make any sense. And nobody really knew what to do with in the fantastic 70s. Um, so moving from that into young adulthood, um, at some point, the school that I was at said that I had to go to counseling, which was fantastic because discovering talk therapy was huge in allowing me to understand you know, my feelings, why I'm having a hard time being around other people, you know, all the things. And I actually, in high school, found a therapist who I traded babysitting with so <laughs> that I could keep getting therapy because because girl needed it bad. And, um, 
you know, then went on to college and, you know, drank a lot, smoked a lot of pot, uh, you know, classic Mm self-medicating and um, got married to someone it later developed was uh, undiagnosed bipolar Hmm. and, um, you know, created a business for him and ran it. Uh, We had a movie production company. We, We did we worked a lot and, you know, worked that up until he didn't want anything to do with me because I wasn't making enough money um, yeah. so that he could just do what he wanted. Um, I, you know, like have an apartment in another city, yeah. <laughs> Pres- presumably with another person. But um, so then Hurricane Katrina happened right at that time. And so it was like this double whammy. And uh, I wound up in. I had come up after he said he wanted the divorce to visit family in the Washington, D.C. area. And while I was here for that one week to like cry and get manicures and figure out what I was going to do, Hurricane Katrina happened. Mm. So trees speared the house, everything gone, um, couldn't get back there, which, as it turned out, was good because being uh, not in southern Louisiana and away from family and just the, you know, what's familiar keeps us there. Yeah. And it was incredibly difficult at the time. And, but I think it would have been difficult if I were there. Nobody was there. I mean, everybody had to find somewhere else to be. Um, and, um, and so then, you know, what you want to do is you get your therapist, you get your job. And then when you're like kind of piecing yourself together a little bit enough to like get your head up, uh, you want to marry the first man you go out with for sure. That's, <laughs> that's really the path to success. That's um, it. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah. If <laughs> if you define success as recreating the chaos of your childhood, bada bing, bada boom, <laughs> check plus. So yes, I did hopefully that. Hopefully, most people don't define success that way. I would. I hope that's why I'm here. I'm here to right. say, don't. If you do, knock it off, and let's let's work into defining success as achieving the goals that you choose based on that vision of your future badass self. You know, there you like, go. Let's inch towards that. And so after, uh, you know, a decade of that marriage, that was falling apart. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, this is just I don't understand. What What is the commonality here? Well, I read for fun. It wasn't hard to figure that out. I was the commonality. And that was some humble pie um, to realize that I had taken two incredibly different people and created home lives that were just as painful, chaotic, and awful as that uh, familiar feeling of home was. And after all the work I'd done, after all the therapy I'd done, all the psychiatrists and the meds and the exercise and the everything, um, that was really, really difficult. So I, you know, threw myself into some more therapy, which I already was in therapy uh, during the dissolution of the marriage. And uh, then I discovered mindset work and I had always thought it was just, you know, patent BS, you know, like, you know, say some mantra and everything falls into place. And there's definitely more to it than that, but it is deceptively simple, but it's simple like discipline. Hmm. It's not difficult to understand discipline and to even utilize it, but man, you just have to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. So I did and everything came together and I have a, a just a really lovely life now. 
I mean, I have a wonderful partner who, if you would have told me that I would have an even keeled, emotionally healthy, uh, I'd like just, he's just a wonderful, wonderful person. And um, my goal is for people to be delighted when I enter a space and kind of bummed when I leave it. And I achieve that on the reg. And that is something that people can do when they get their mindset together and reorganize and reprogram that uh, subconscious script. Yeah. So where did the tax work fall into that story? So my father was a CPA. And when I was a kid, they had the continuing education stuff. And it was like, you're maybe too young to remember this, but you had to fill in the circles with a number two lead pencil and, you know, oh, it's like with the stuff. Scantron. Yep. 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 And so when I was, I started doing those when I was like 11. So I just always knew how to do accounting. And um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but accounting work is kind of terrible. So people are always looking for accountants. <laughs> So it's pretty, it's it's not rocket science to get a job in accounting, and it's just a lot to keep up with. But if you could do detailed work, which, hey, uh, what's up, Spectrum? I have no problem <laughs> doing. Um, then, you know, so I just not, I just fell into it. It wasn't, I just always knew how to do it. Yeah, no so, big dream there. No dream job there. <laughs> that was not the dream. What was your dream job when you were a kid? I honestly... Like, I never understood that question. What do you want to be when you grow up? Because, oh, and I'm I'm sure this has to do with my wiring because I would always just be like a human being. I don't oh, get it. I, I don't love you understand. And maybe, maybe I think we all need to be a little bit more on the spectrum then because that is what do you want to be when you grow up as a human? I would hope that we're not going to change from that. Yeah, I never what understood you want it. to do. Yeah. Maybe something different. I knew that I didn't want. So I basically, I was like, well, I, if being married is what my parents and what my household is, I don't want that. <laughs> so naturally I've been married three times. So, you know, third time's a charm. <laughs> but um, it, it's, yeah, I think when you come from a place where there's pain and, and there's just this constant undercurrent of pain in your life, and even if that becomes radiostatic, it's just really difficult to look into the future and make plans that are exciting and fun and have to do with, you know, it's like, okay, I'm smart. I'll go to college and not, you know, got a liberal arts degree in um, ancient Greek and Latin languages, which as you can imagine is incredibly lucrative. And, um, did you have fun at least? I loved it. Loved it. Perfect. And I actually was going to become, uh, I was thinking that I would become a professor. Okay. But um, but that didn't pan out. I got married to husband number one instead. So does that relate at all or how does it relate to being a life coach and doing what you're doing now? Well, if somebody as jacked up as I was can come out of something <laughs> that being happy and excited to start the day. I mean, I figured that shit out and that is my mission is to show people how to do it. Like that's 100%. And so what happened was I wrote a book when, when I did the mindset work and, and realized what I could have done differently and how, you know, who would I have wanted to mentor me through those decades and through those experiences. And so I, you know, 
I picked the stories that I thought best illustrated um, the big book of bad ideas. And it's, so the book title is The Big Book of Bad Ideas, Adulting from Anxiety to Zero Fs Given. So it's awesome. Then from that, people approached me and were just like, I really need some help. Can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? I just would love to talk to you about da-da-da. And I didn't even understand that I was doing coaching, you know, and they're like, I have to give you money for this. Sure. And I was like, I like money. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I need to make a living somehow. Well, I mean, I was working as a tax accountant, you know, so that sure. I mean, I was earning a living. This was just something that I enjoyed doing. And I was like, oh my gosh, if I can help and and like stave off some of those waves of pain for some people, holy moly, you bet I'm here for that. Yeah. And um, so you had done the mindset change and still stayed as a CPA. Did well, that I wasn't a CPA, P.S. Oh, I was just sorry. doing the taxes because um, Hurricane Katrina was I was in the middle of taking the classes. You have to take a lot of classes when you get a liberal arts degree and you want to get a CPA. Takes a minute. Sure. <laughs> go back. Okay. So doing taxes. <laughs> there we go. So you were still doing taxes mm -hmm. after having the mindset shift. Did that change how you approached work at all? Oh, a hundred percent. One hundred percent. It what did made that look it, like? It made it so different. And it was so much that I understood the deal, right? Like this is what these hours are expected of you or this mm -hmm. number of returns are expected, but I wasn't beating myself up to be able to just do one more, you know, or like, oh, I, you know, I can't believe I, I didn't get to get to X, Y, or Z. You know, it was like, okay, this is, this is what is less insane and I'm not going to do that. And so actually, uh, as it happened, so there's different deadlines, right? You've got your main tax deadlines, the one for businesses and one right. for individuals. And then the, the extended deadlines repeat in the fall. And so in the fall, on the September 15th deadline, the day before, I had gotten a bonus uh, valued at more than my paycheck. And then that day I went in and they were like, you know what? You're not behaving as a senior accountant. And, uh, you know, we were going to make you a manager. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and so we're, so, uh, we're going to have to let you go. And I can remember sitting there and I was like, okay. Like, you know, whenever anything abrupt or sudden or whatever happens, you, you know, the first key, right? Sit with your feelings, observe yourself, see how you're, you know, what are you thinking? What, what is your body telling you? Yep. And I'm like, I should be upset. I am not upset. Okay. And then they're still talking. And so uh, the partner, she says, well, do you have anything to say? And I just looked at her and I said, thank you. <laughs> because like it had never occurred to me, even though we were in the, the what did they call it? The great quit. You know, like so many people yeah. quit during the pandemic. Like it just didn't occur to me to like chuck it. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm, right. I made really good money. So like, hey, you just keep doing that. Right. And so the what you're doing is so amazing because it's asking people to consider what is that like yeah to have a dream job what is it like to get fulfilled and um not just paid but fed with your work what if it adds to you yep i mean and, that was not what was happening right <laughs> <laughs> right and to <laughs> your point there's more than just a job and simply being in that dream job that you've wanted, or maybe you've taken the time to work and figure out it's your dream job, the job alone won't provide all of the fulfillment that you're looking for. 
Right. There's other things that you need to be doing and looking, like we said, as your life as a whole, not just at the job. A hundred percent. And just on, on a little bit of a tangent, yeah. I also think people do a disservice when they expect their partner, whether that's a spouse or a significant other, um, to provide all of their social needs. Mm. You Whoa. know, those are similar similar falsehoods that we can fall into. Yes. Ooh, that's a great... Oh. We're going to need to talk offline at some point because that doesn't fit this podcast, but that sounds like an incredible topic to dive into. <laughs> I think we we do ourselves a disservice when we think that like work is going to fulfill all of this stuff, you know, and, and social lives, they take some effort. Yeah. There's, there's more than just one or two aspects to who we are as humans mm-hmm. and we need to nurture all of that. Absolutely. So what does it look like for you to actually be able to dream now coming from that background, coming from chaos, coming from doing taxes? What does it mean for you to actually be able to dream? It's amazing. I am able to serve people and show them, usher them through changes at a a younger age than I was and also at an older age. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are. It matters how open you are to change. Mm. And the ability to be comfortable with discomfort is really critical to making a fundamental shift in yourself and how you see the world and how you are in the world. And it's doable. It is doable. I, I Like, if I can get soapboxy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> The wasted effort of trying to shave off our, you know, sand down our edges, cut off our, you know, everything that doesn't fit into the world. If instead we cultivate who we are and enjoy being in this world and welcome the feeling of otherness, we are other, each of us. We're none of us Mm -hmm. the same exactly as everybody else. Mm -mm. And the commonality we have that's so freaking hilarious when you step back from it is that we all feel other, except for those like 14 people who are just so comfortable in their skin and God bless them. (laughs) I'm happy for them. But for the rest of us, you know, we're bumbling around and just trying to, to get through things without falling apart in anxiety or, you, you know, and like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that or whatever. Honestly, let it go and let's move towards the next thing. And if we just make the efforts every day to move towards that future badass person that we know we can mm-hmm. be, it comes together. Humans have been proven to overestimate what we can do in a day and highly underestimate what we can do in a month. Mm. But it's, this is the the crux of... um. Oh, shucks. The name of the book just flew out of my head. Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. Yep. Yep. If you just move a little bit towards whatever that is that you're trying to achieve every single day, man, oh, man, oh, man, it comes to you. So how do you get used to that uncomfortable feeling? Because that's what you've said. You have to get used to being uncomfortable. And oh, my gosh, let me tell you, that's been my journey, too. And it's it's uncomfortable and you have to go, okay. It <laughs> Do is. you have any thoughts on that? <laughs> I've got several. Awesome. Because <laughs> I don't know. I just somehow made it through and got okay with being uncomfortable. But <laughs> Well, at some point, we have to look at the proof 
of our life, right? So we have our life. We've lived it. We've gone through this. We've had this scaldingly horrible anxiety-ridden moment or that cringeworthy situation. And somehow we've made it through. And then if you pick your head up a little further, you can see not only that, but there's all kinds of other opportunities that are swimming around us because everything is in this existence. It's not just the mistakes we've made. It's not just the things we ruminate about at two in the morning. It's also all the beautiful possibility, all the hopes, all of the magical potential encounters that if we can unlock ourselves and open ourselves to the world and focus not on all the negative garbage, but on the good things and just look for the good things, it feeds us. And our our minds are smart and they want us to, they want to give us what we want. So if you want to be happy and you are looking for reasons to be happy, mm. you are going to find so many frickety fracking instances, events, humans, all of it. And we are in a war-torn world. When have we not been? Yeah. So the news is its own blippity blip show, you know, and they're just do, being more sensational so that they get more viewers and more clicks and more, you know, everybody becomes more polarized and everyone's social feed just tells them the same stuff over and over again because algorithm. But if you can step away from that, and recognize there's not anything you can do about that. So what can you do something about? You can you do know, something about what you see. It's interesting you mentioned the the chaos going on around us. And we talk about being uncomfortable. There's the discomfort that comes from sitting with who you are and letting some things be uncomfortable, especially as you make these mindset changes. And that's a that's an okay kind of comfort. And I think for me, it was recognizing that everybody goes through this. Um, but you mentioned the commonalities. Okay, what makes us all human? This is uncomfortable for most people. And mm -hmm. it's a reality of being human, and I'm just going to take it. But then there's also, and again, another tangent we won't dive down, whole other podcast, um, is the uncomfortableness with everything going on in the world. And so there's some uncomfortableness that you just need to sit with and accept generally personal uncomfortableness and then chaos in the world. Hey, there may be times you need to stand up and do something that. And, but, and not that's okay. part of what, yeah. What allows you to be the light and the good thing. Ooh. Yep. To, to focus on, on that piece as you sit and shift. Well, every time we're on this podcast, um, we close or at least end ish. And I want, I want to leave you plenty of time to go through your challenge, but we want to leave everybody listening with a challenge because this is not just an informational podcast. We want it to be something to help you change and shift your mindset, your life, whatever it is that you're working on and whatever our topic is for the week. So we have an awesome challenge um, today, Mel does, but... I, I want to make sure we have some time to dive into it because it's really good. So what challenge do you want to leave with our listeners? My challenge to you, you miracle of a listener, anytime you start thinking about why you cannot do something, why you cannot have something, why something is not for you, I challenge you to say, what if? What if I could? What if I did receive that? 
would I be prepared to, to use those resources? What if you got $20,000 today? What if you got $200,000? Do you have the infrastructure in place in your heart and mind that that won't slip through your fingers? Become the person that can handle wealth, beauty, love. And when it crosses your path, you'll be able to retain it. Mm. How do you develop that if you're struggling to go, like if your first answer is, oh, well, I can't ask what if because that would never happen to me. You don't have to know how. You just have to imagine it. Even if you have to play in a completely fictitious world. Yep. Start there. And find somebody who has what you want, who has that attitude or the life, you know, whatever it is, as specifically as you can, find out how they got it. Everybody who's happy wasn't born happy. Mm. I can guarantee you that (laughs) right from here. And I'm very happy right now. I have joy every day. I deliberately have things in my home. I call them joy bombs so that when I see them, my heart just lifts. It can be your screensaver on your phone. It can be a little physical item. It doesn't have to be something extreme. I'm looking at these enormous paper flowers that I really love making and my fingerprintless fingers because I actually made two this morning. (laughs) If you want to go on a crime spree, may I recommend hot glue crafts? No fingerprints. No fingerprints. (laughs) (laughs) But I look at them and and I just smile and they make me so happy. Why? What? What? Yeah. How does that work? Because a lot of us would go, oh, my gosh, that was trauma. Let me tell you about this craziness that happened earlier today. This was horrible. I'm never working with a glue gun again. But I get the flowers. I'm also covered in tattoos, so I don't mind a little pain <laughs> in order to get to the result that I want. So there's that as well. Good, good point. There's no there. That's a that's a pretty good pain for comparison. It's you the know. end result of what you get. Well, and also then, I mean, so take take this analogy further. I also have the um, like if I'm really going to get into it for like an hour or more, I've got these little silicone fingertips that I put on. Sure. And that way I don't burn myself. I mean, the fact that I lack patience to like take the 11 seconds that it takes to get those out of the cabinet, whatever. Like this is a judge-free zone. But it's a choice. And you're like, hey, even if I burn my fingertips, <laughs> my fingerprints <laughs> off, that pain is less than the joy of creating and having the result of the flowers. Exactly. And I also got to pretend that I was just taking a little minute. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't in a, in a fully committed crafting session because then I would have gotten the silicone fingertips and, you know, but then that would be at least an hour. And, you know, I had stuff that I needed to get done today that was on my yeah. plan because part of what I promised myself, I will not let my plan fall by the wayside because I'm building some other things so that I can help more people. And no one, and when you're self-employed, I'm not letting anyone down except for the people that I could be helping if I don't put this together. Like there's, I don't have a boss that's going to be saying like, what if this, what if that? Why didn't this happen? Does that make sense? 
Oh, absolutely. As an entrepreneur. And then I think we need to shift in the workplace to think about that. We're so focused on the expectations of our boss, of our company, even I'll go so far to say is family that we need to take a moment and say, okay, what do I want? What are my expectations? And do I need to pull back from this job a little bit? Do I need to create healthy boundaries in my family so that I can get the rest that I need so that I can better serve my family the next time? Exactly. And do I need to look for a different way to earn money, whether it's another job or another way entirely? Um, You know, what does that look like and how will it better my situation with my family, my my personal life? Because they're not there looking for you. If if you get hit by a truck, somebody's doing your work immediately Mm -hmm. and then you're replaced, you know, however long it takes to get them through the hiring process. I mean, that's one of the benefits of growing up as one of nine kids. Like, yes, we are each amazing, miraculous creations. And the world doesn't hinge on anyone. Yeah. So that that helps. That has helped me get over a lot of, um, you know, when, when you're holding yourself back because, oh, you know, uh, who am I to do this or that and everything. It's like, who is anybody? Roll the dice. Let's go. <laughs> so it might as well be you running your own life. It might you know, as well be. My- and, and I'm not saying everyone should be an entrepreneur. It is We are taught from school age how to be good employees and do what we're yep. told and have, you know, be on a team and blah, 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 blah. So it's not for everyone. No. However, make yourself uncomfortable by thinking about what another job could be when or if your place of work is taking over your life. Yep. Yeah. And what if? What if it's possible? How did you put it? If Are you prepared enough? Are you the person enough? Mm-hmm. The right person to receive whatever and that goodness is. Because honestly, no one, no one cares about us as much as we care about ourselves. And mm-hmm. so turn that into a positive thing. It's not selfish to want to have a beautiful life, a dream life. Yep. And it's not necessarily outside of our reach. It is 100% outside of your reach if you say it is. Yep. For sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Great conversation. I have a feeling um, you and I will be talking a lot more about other things. May have you back someday. I look Um, forward to it. we, We align so well. Oh my goodness. That was so much fun to talk to Mel. I hope you enjoyed it. So many quotable moments. Um, If you are signed up for our newsletter, you will certainly get some of those in the newsletter. If you're not, more information in a moment. Um, The challenge this week, Mel challenged us to imagine what if for any goodness that might be possible for our lives. We don't have to focus on how it will happen. But focus on becoming the kind of person who can receive and manage that goodness well. So instead of thinking that something isn't for you or you can't do something, this week, take the time, step into the fantasy world, and imagine, what if it is for you? What if you can do it? And what would it take for you to be ready to receive that? Such powerful stuff. 
If you want to learn more about Mel or work with her, you can go to zfgliving.com or check out all of her links in the podcast description. I mentioned the newsletter. You can sign up for a podcast newsletter at wakeupfromyourdreamjob.com. Um, you'll get some of the latest info on the podcast, accountability for this challenge, and so much more. Also, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to know how this challenge is doing, what you're learning, what you're struggling with, what questions you have. You can email me directly at dreamjob at kristenmcdonald.com. And of course, subscribe to the podcast. Wake up and dream.